Pastor Jonathan finished his message last week, uh, ending in chapter 5 of, uh, of the book of Ephesians. That's where we are. Church, we are digging deep into the Word of God. Uh, I mean, we are going deeper and deeper. We spent uh, uh, almost 10 months, church, in one single book. Uh, we, 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 we also gone through the book of Galatians and now Ephesians. So this has been next uh, January, if I'm not mistaken, this coming January and March and, and February, it's going to be a two-year process that we've only spent in three books of the Bible. That is amazing. That is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for that. That is just incredible. It's so awesome. Um, the the um, the continued researching of the Word of God is just amazing it's it's almost like a um a uh, an onion where you just peel layer after layer but but you have to peel those you have to peel them and so pastor jonathan finished chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 so that i can continue with verses 3 and 4 i actually want to go back to verses 1 and 2 and just peel just a little bit more because uh, verses 1 and 2 gives us the basis the 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 um the what am I the foundation of what the rest of the chapter is all about because if you've noticed what Ephesians is about it's it's all about okay i don't know how many of you have ever asked yourself this question but have you ever asked this question okay i accepted the lord but now what have you ever asked that question? Okay, now what? Uh, is it attending church? Is it singing songs? Is it giving to charity? Like, now what? I, I, I gave my life to Jesus. Now what? Well, the Bible is our manual. It's our roadmap. The Bible is what we use to live a Christ-life lifestyle. If we say that we are His, then let's live a life that does that, that does so, that, that if we say we are Christians, then let's, let's be Christ-like. The point of Paul is trying to make to the church is this. And I don't know about you, but my Bible has, and, and I made a copy and I put him on this note, but my Bible has titles. And one of the titles for Ephesians chapter 5, excuse me, is Forsaking the Darkness. And I don't know if yours has this one too, Walking in Love. Tell your neighbor, Walking in in love so that's the title that's our our, our manuscript that's our, our our roadmap what should we do now that we have jesus in our heart well we should forsake darkness and we should walk in love i mean that's that's self-explanatory if you've ever asked yourself the question what now been saved for a week, for a, for a month, for three years, etc. Now what? Well, the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us how we should live. So let's start in verse 1 of chapter 5, the book of Ephesians, page 1364. I don't know. I'm just making that up just in case. It says, verse 1, therefore, be imitators of God. Everybody said imitators. Therefore, be imitators of God as, be, as dear children or as beloved children and walk in love. Everybody say walk in love and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Now, I love this part, a fragrant offering and what church sacrifice to God. 
Another translation says that for it is a sweet-smelling aroma. The word therefore, Paul uses it to almost like a conclusion to what he just talked about in chapter 4, where he describes how we should treat one another. Again, have you ever asked yourself, okay, now what? Well, here it is. This is how we should treat each other. Therefore, in other words, in conclusions, chapter 4 has to do with you and I being imitators of God, just as dear children. Here Paul concludes that whole idea of chapter 4 with saying, therefore, be imitators of God. See, the idea is that we should make God our example, our model. We cannot be content just comparing one another. Okay, let me compare myself to the pastor. Okay, okay, that's a good leader. Let me compare myself to that good leader. Oh, that's a good speaker. Let me con- oh, oh, that's a good Christian. Let me compare myself. No, 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 no. We should compare ourselves to God. He is our ultimate model, our ultimate example. And God's people said, amen. Uh, see, we must notice that this is the idea found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, where he says, as he who called you is holy. Everybody say holy. You also be holy in all of your what, church? In all of your conduct. Be holy. Now, verse 16 says, because it is written, be holy. Since it is written, you shall be holy for, help me out, for I am holy. It doesn't say think about our God. It doesn't say admire God, adore God, though we know those are important key points in our lives. But this is a call to a practical action going beyond our inner life with God. This is a practical thing that we should do. It emphasizes what Ephesians 4.13 said uh, in, in previous chapter where verse 13 says, Until we all attain to the unity of our faith and all the knowledge of the Son of God. This is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. To mature manhood, unity of faith. And unity in the knowledge of the Son of God, we attain a mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, that is the bottom line. Why do we come to church? Why do we read our Bible? Why do we have a relationship with our God so that we can we can we can uh, move forward into maturity with Jesus Christ? What, it, what Scripture says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. But now that we are grown, we should... See, you should be a better today than you were yesterday. You should be a better today than you were a month ago. You should be a better today than what you were a year ago. Why? Because every year, every month, every day, the idea is that we are maturing in our relationship and our knowledge with the Lord. How many of you say amen to that? We, we, we can also say that Paul is concluding chapter 4 with verse 1 of chapter 5 by what he mentions in chapter 4, verse 32. He says to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, and doing what, church? Help me out. We all need to read this once again. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you see notice it's not forgiving one another because it's the right thing to do or or just because that's what gets you to heaven no 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 no. he's he's giving you the bottom line 
Forgive because you have been forgiven first. Forgive because you have been forgiven first. So what has Paul said? Let me conclude all of this. Let me conclude about being holy. Let me conclude about conclude, excuse me, about the unity of our faith, about the unity of our knowledge of the Son of God so that we can be mature. Let me conclude all of that about being and finding and, 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 and measuring to the stature of the fullness of Christ by saying this. Hey, church, be imitators of God, just as dear children. God's behavior towards us becomes our measurement for our behavior towards one another. The way that God treats us is the way that we should treat one another. And everyone said, amen. How many of you are glad that God has mercy? <laughs> amen. How many of you are glad that God is a forgiving God? Amen. How many of you are glad that God is slow to anger? Amen. Amen. So the same way that God treats us is the same way that we should treat one another. And this is a moment that I need for you to look around and notice that we should all treat one another just as God treats us. Come on. That's a good that's a good place right there for you to say amen. 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 Because sometimes we can be very, very mean to one another especially in the church. Uh, um, I know I, I continue to get as the Lord. Help me, help me, Lord, to treat one another because I am a mess and I need you, Jesus. Again, let me ask you, how many of you have asked yourself the question, now that I accepted the Lord, what is next? What is next? Well, again, the Bible is our manual. This is our guide to living a Christian life. He is our example, and we should strive to follow and live this way every day. Do we mess up? Everybody say, yes. Do we mess up? Everybody say, yes. Yes, we do. But what do we do? We don't give up. We try again. We try again. Here's the difference between you before Christ and you with Christ in your heart. See, before we lived a life without having anything to compare what truth really was. Let's, let's be honest. Truth, your truth, my truth was based on culture, was based on family values, was based on a good conscience. You should just have a good conscience. Listen to that conscience. Listen to, to Jiminy Cricket speaking in your mind, you know, just listen to that. Follow your heart. That's what we heard constantly. But now... That you accepted Jesus into, and I'm speaking to believers who accepted the Lord in their heart. Well, now you have the real truth. And the Bible says that this truth, help me out, sets you free. The Bible says you should know the truth and the, and the truth will set you free. So now as a Christian, as a believer, as a Christ follower, remember the word Christian, it means that you belong to Christ. Now we can easily, and I use the word easily a little loosely, but we can easily judge between what is right and wrong. You can easily do that. I, I know I say easily, but it does require for you to walk and build your foundation so that you know what the Word of God says, so that you can determine what is right and what is wrong. Because in this world, it seems that those things that God calls good, people are calling bad. 
And those things that God calls evil, people are calling them good. So as the church, we have to understand, okay, God, what does your word say? Not what is popular, not what is trending. What does your word say about that? That is our measuring stick. That is what we always go back to so that we can determine what is right and what is wrong. See, before, and help me out, you don't have to say amen, but you can just go, mm-hmm, or you can just shake your head, okay? Before, sinning was just like breathing. Mm-hmm. See, before Jesus, it was natural. You didn't think twice about it. Come on, somebody be a witness here today and go, mm-hmm. You said exactly what you wanted to say. And no one stopped you. You posted whatever you wanted to post it. And guess what? If they didn't like it, so what? Okay, somebody help me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did exactly what you wanted to do. And if they didn't like it, so what? Get with the times, people. You're old school, man. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a natural thing. You didn't ask for advice. And if you did, you asked for the advice of the people who were already doing the things that you know that were wrong. Just to see how good it was. But now, sin should be because you belong to Jesus. Again, I'm speaking to believers. But now, sin should be unnatural we we ought to think twice about what we're going to do and what we're going to say mm-hmm. oh church this is this is a constant battle isn't it it's a constant battle church but let's make things simple we were sinners in need of a savior jesus came to this earth to die on the cross for your sins and mine so that he can offer us this free gift called salvation. So as a sinner, I accepted Jesus into my heart. He did it all. He paid it all. Thank you, Jesus. So now my sins, the Bible says, though they are red as scarlet, he turns them as white as snow. And the Bible says that he takes away all of that and he throws it to the depths of the ocean, and he never remembers it again. Praise be to God for that. Praise be to God for that. So I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I acknowledge that I have a messed up life, that I need Jesus. Though you have, might have a perfect life, without Jesus, you are still under the curse of sin. But then when you accept Christ, that curse is placed upon the cross, a place upon the shoulders of Jesus, and his blood washes away your sins, and you are made new. You once were blind, but now you can see. You once were lost, but now you are found. Somebody say, praise the Lord for that. Amen? So now, what is next? Paul says, all right, Now that you went from being a sinner into being a child of God, well, now as a child of God, imitate your father. Be just like your father. 
Pastor Johnson spoke about this last week, how children are such good imitators of others. Those of you who have little ones, all of a sudden you start, man, she sounds just like me. Man, he, he walks just like his dad. You're right. He, he walks just like her dad. Uh, he walks just like his dad. Yeah, she talks to her. I mean, they're good imitators. They're good imitators. So the result of it all, you're a sinner. You accept the Christ. He removes your sin. So now what? Peace in the middle of the storm. So now what? We walk in victory through the valleys, through the ups and downs of, of life, but with God on our side Things should be different. Somebody say amen. Therefore, continues, be imitators of God as your children. When we act according to the nature as children of God, we imitate him. Now, when we imitate God, let me peel one more layer. We become representatives of God. Especially to those who have blocked God out of their life. See, I, as an individual, I get a chance to go to my home. I get a chance to go to my job. I get a chance to go to different places as an individual. But God has saved all of us here. And if you are a believer, then look what happens whenever we dismiss service today. You are going to go into the city. You are going to go into different areas around the Alvin and in the surrounding cities. I can't do that on my own, but God has placed you in this, in this spot, in this city, in this timeline, so that you can be a representative of your God to everyone who can see. The Bible says that you and I are open letters. See, why were we sent into this world? Well, is it not so that we can represent our Heavenly Father and so that others, especially those who are anxious about forgetting God every time they see you if you are imitating God they're seeing hope they're seeing love they're seeing peace they're seeing Jesus through you that's the purpose and the reason and guess what they're compelled to recollect their thoughts and say man I see the reflection of something that I need inside of you That is awesome. Come on, tell your neighbor, that is awesome. That everywhere you go, you have the chance and the opportunity to show somebody else the love of Jesus, the character of Christ. This is what an atheist once wrote. An atheist is someone who does not believe in God. They believe that there's no deity, there's no God. An atheist who once said that he could get over every argument about God except The example of his godly mother. He could never answer that. That's awesome. That's awesome. This is why we walk in love. And if we say that we are in him, then let's live as if we are in him. Walk in love as Christ has loved us. In all things, Jesus is our example. As he has loved us and has given himself for us, we are to display the same kind of self-giving love. Oh, church, being honest, this is uh, difficult. But that's why we were sent a helper. His name is the Holy Spirit. So that when there are times when you say, man, I just cannot do this, that you can say, 
may I please have the helper to help me and guide me. An offering and a sacrifice, Jesus given himself as a sacrifice was a pleasing aroma. And so us too, we offer this sweet fragrance aroma to everyone that we offer the love of Jesus. We often think that we could lay down our lives in a dramatic way to show others the love of Christ. But listen, this is something that we do little by little, day at a time, small coins deposit instead of one big payment. One of the things that I've learned through my 18 years of marriage, or I don't know how many ever years I've been uh, as part of the church, is that we give and we show the love of Jesus little by little everywhere we go. We don't just give it all at once. Instead, we give little by little so that we have time to receive from him so that we can give back again. We can't just pour it all and then we are just done for for a long time. Instead, hey, listen, be under a good leadership, a good pastoral team. Be fed and you have something to offer to everyone that you have around that comes around, come across your mind. Let me let me continue moving on because I'm running out of time. If you ever ask yourself the question, now what? What do I do that I accepted the Lord? What do I do now? Well, be imitators of God. Scripture says, walk in love, spread the right fragrance of aroma of offering and sacrifice everywhere you go everywhere you go now let me move to verse three and four because i don't know about the title of your bible but on mine it says this is a contrast to walking in love this is a conduct that is not fitting for christians so i want you to put your seatbelt on Because this is about to get heavy and real, all right? This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. 4, Excuse me, Paul is going to talk about the same struggle, the same sinful struggle that even thousands of years later, 2022, we are still struggling today. This is verse 5, excuse me, verse 3 and 4. But sexual immorality... And all impurity or covenantness must not even be named among you as it is proper among saints. And I'll explain why he says that here in a second. Look at verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be what, church? Thanksgiving. All right, all right, hold on to your seatbelts because this is a topic that probably is not talked a lot about in the church, especially in the pulpit, but it needs to because if you don't hear it from here, you're going to hear it somewhere else. And believe me, even your teenagers and your children are hearing this message already and people are twisting it. So I want you to understand what the Word of God says. See, Paul, he says, let it not even be named among you. That's what he says in verse 3. Let it not even be name among. Let this not be a, something of a topic in, 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 your, in your lips. Paul groups together these ideas of sexual sin and wrongdoing. Indicated that none are fitting for the saints. And should not even be named among God's people. So what are those four things that he talks about? Well, he talks about fornication, which the Greek word is pornaia which you can 
hear the word porn inside of that, uh, uh, that word in Greek, uh, a broad word describing what sexual sin is. He talks about uncleanliness, another broad word for dirty moral behavior. He talks about filthiness, which is the same idea as uncleanliness. And then he talks about coarse jesting or making these jokes, which is the idea of inappropriate sexual humor. We must notice that the theme of this chapter starts now moving, which, by the way, later on, he's going to talk about the value of marriage. He's going to talk very heavily on what is important about a man and a wife coming together and being married. So I want you to notice that here the theme is having a moral appeal, having morality. He, 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 listen, it is not saying avoid these four things so that you can become a saint. It's not what he's saying. He is saying this. Now that you are, you were a sinner, you accepted Christ, he's in your heart. Well, now that you are called a saint, that's what God calls us, saints now live in a manner fitting for one that is called a Christian, a Christ follower. See, the constant morale of the New Testament is simply the, this. Be who you are, be who you are, but in Jesus. Be who you are in Jesus. All right, so earlier in verse 3, he says this. He says, be sec but sexually more immortality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let's talk about that for a second. See, in, cult, in the culture of Paul's day, this is the city, especially in the city of Ephesus, and, and, and Pastor Andrew, Pastor Jonathan has spoken about this before, where in Ephesus there was this, um, uh, this big temple to the goddess Diana. Uh, she was the goddess of fertility. So you can just imagine what they celebrated and all the things that they had to do with it. So Paul is going to the root, is going to the root. And he's saying, I know that this kind of behavior has been titled as something that is fitting right now. Like this is the norm. This is this was what's completely approved by culture in his day. And guess what? It is even today. Is it not? In morality, it is a big thumbs up in our culture today. If it is not, if it's not dirty and mortal, if it has nothing to do with fornication, if it has nothing to do with filthiness or coerced jesting, no one watches it. But the more that it has these things, Oh, the more views and the more ratings, the better ratings that he has. And Paul is putting this in the front and saying, guys, though it seems that culture, not seems, but though culture right now accepts it, it is not fitting for the saints. See, I know this is a heavy topic because we're not, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're digesting it. But this is the right topic that we need to have, especially today when our kids Today, I read an article. It just came across today that our teenagers are no longer seeking counsel about sexuality to their parents or, or to, to teachers or anything. No, now they're turning to TikTok for their best advice. Church, as a church, as parents, I have three boys. My wife and I have a big task in front of us to teach our children about sexual morality. And it should be every single one of our jobs. And I'll say amen for you. I'll say amen for you. I know this is, this is, very, uh, this is very uncomfortable, especially to the one who has the microphone. 
Okay? Because who likes to talk about these things? Well, guess what? The world does. They love it. As a matter of fact, it's, it's trickling down to kids' shows and cartoons and you name it. And so if we as a church don't echo what the Bible says, then our kids are going to echo what they hear out in the playground, what they hear from their best friends, what they hear from social media, what they share with one another. Listen, parents, that's why as a parent, it is a difficult task, but it's one that we should keep moving forward. Keep having those conversations with your children. Keep looking at what they're looking in their phones. Keep that, hey, and, and, and if they give you something, then you, this, you have my permission to say this. Well, do you pay for your phone? But ultimately, I know that my three boys, ultimately, they're going to make their personal decision. But it's my job, my wife's job, our job to point him to the right direction. To point him to the right direction. Paul talks about, as I finish, I'll ask the band to come up. Paul talks about covetousness and foolish talking. See, the desire to have something that doesn't belong to us and the foolish talks and conversations we have, both of those things are ingredients that many people uh, use to fall into sexual sin. But be glad for what you have. Listen, if you are married, be glad for your spouse. Be glad for the spouse that you have. If you are dating, be glad for the relationship that you're building and how you are seeing this whole process go through. And if you are single, be glad for the opportunity that God has for you to discover what he has in store for your life. Be glad. We are teaching our young people on Wednesday nights to have an attitude adjustment. That listen, this is lesson one that we gave them. If we keep looking for what we don't have, we are going to miss the amazing things we already have right in front of us. Amen to that. That if you're looking for love in all of the wrong places except in Jesus, you're missing it out. You're missing out what God has for you. Paul says this, it is not fitting. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. Remember that verse? I mentioned it earlier. It is not fitting. Church, just imagine. Just I come over here. Church, just imagine. Now, <clears throat> I went to the gym this morning, so this might not work, but um, hold on to this son. So, this is a size small shirt. This is, what, this is what the Bible is saying. It's saying this lifestyle, it is not fitting for those who are called by my name. But how many of us Oh, no, 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 no. It fits. It fits. It fits. It's exactly what I'm looking for. It's exactly what I needed. It, it, it's, it's, it's right up my alley. It fits. Hold on. Right? I mean, what are we doing? It, it is uncomfortable. But, but many of us, we're happy with this. And, and I might need your help here in a second, okay? But this, this is what we're, we're, we're content with, Okay? 
I'm not going to reap the shirt, and if it is, it's on my muscles, okay? All right. Thank you, Omar. Sorry to all the... All right, Josiah, you're going to have to help me with this for a second. Oh, no, this is fine. This, this, is, this is what God called me to do, guys. This is like, you ever heard that when people try to justify with the Bible, right? No, this is okay, all right? This is fine. <laughs> I can't move my hand, son. Can you bring it down for me for a second? Okay. Okay. What does Paul says that it is? This, can you help me, please? Back here in the back. Okay. This is not. No, don't pull it up. Okay. Stop judging me, Johnny. Okay. Okay. I don't know how I look. I guess I'll notice later on. Uh, I, I can't breathe. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. This is, this is not the way that you were created to be. But church, let's be honest. How many people that we still have walk around, they've known Jesus for 10, 15 years, and you still wearing the wrong outfit. I'm not talking about actual outfit. I'm talking about spirit. You, you understand what I'm saying, church? Please. This is not what you wear or don't wear. That's not what I'm talking about. Please don't miss that. Please remove that in Jesus' name. I'm talking about your spiritual life. This is not for you. Somebody say amen. This is not for you. This kind of lifestyle is not for, and again, I'm not talking about fitted clothes and things like, please, please don't misunderstand me. Please don't. Uh, uh, what I'm talking about is that immorality, fornication, uh, uh, uncleanliness, filthiness, coarse jesting. This is what Paul is talking about. It is not fitting for the saints. It is not for you. Young person, it is not for you. Pornography is a hook that will grab you, never let go of you. Stop right now while you can. Seek help. Seek the Holy Spirit and say, help me to fight this battle because this is not fitting for me who have called you my Savior, my Lord, and my King. This is not fitting for me. Oh, somebody help me out this evening, this morning and say amen to that. Amen, amen, amen. Tell your neighbor, it's time to grow up. Tell your neighbor, it's time to grow up. This is not fitting. This is uncomfortable. I can't wait to take this off. But this is not fitting. Thank you, son. I'm asking you to stand to your feet. He says in verse 4, he says, instead of all of these things, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Somebody say thanksgiving. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to say the following here from the pulpit, because if you don't hear from the pulpit, you're going to hear what is the opposite somewhere else. As a matter of fact, today I, I came across that article and I say, God, you are speaking to us. So interesting that whenever you are just preparing for a message, the Lord just sends you more info and more info. So interesting. Paul says, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. But rather, 
Give thanks, another translation says. What is he saying? Okay, remember all of those things, all those four things that he talked about, those are wrong. Those are things that are not fitting. So let's talk about the opposite and what we should give thanks. Those of you who are married, and again, I'm going to say it because church, this is necessary and important. But those of you who are married and who are followers of Jesus Christ, you know what we ought to be thankful for? We ought to be thankful for the gift of sex that God has given his children. That God has given, there I said it, I said it, put it on a t-shirt, you whatever you want, okay? There I said it. We receive this thankfully as a gift to us who are married. And all the married couples say amen. We give thankfully, we give, we receive it thankfully as a gift. And all the married couples, we enjoy it in a way that glorifies the one who gave it to us. See, God gave married people, people this commandment. Be fruitful and multiply. Oh, and some families here, you have really multiplied. Listen, you and we might have time. We might have a hard time with other scripture. But boy, that scripture, we're down to the T. Okay, listen, God gave purpose. God's purpose in giving us this gift of sex is not primarily for the gratification of the individual, but it is for the bounding together of a husband and wife in a one flesh relationship. Mary pop, people here said, I wasn't saying Mary Poppins. Mary people here say, praise God and thank you for that gift. See, listen, certain expressions of sexuality are, are sin, not because God wants to deprive some aspects of the enjoyment, but because they work against his primary purpose for sex. Studies have shown, as I finish, that kids benefit from having mom and dad present in their lives. Just Google that. You can see all of the things that God, that benefits children for having a healthy mom and dad. This is why it is sacred. This is why it's between a husband and a wife. This is why we, are, ought, we ought to be thankful for it. Not for anyone else, but for the sacred bond of marriage. And I'll say amen for you. Father, this is a, uh, this is a topic that we try to shy away from. But God, it's important because depression and anxiety and Father, all of the things that come from being in a relationship and having uh, all of these feelings and emotions can destroy our spirit, can destroy our day, can ruin our morning. All of those things, Father, can put blocks or, or, or walls around us that we are not able to serve you and to lift your name on high with everything that we want to offer to you. There are many times that when we fall into sin, we, we can't sing praises to you. We can't worship you. We can't lift our hands because of all the guilt that we have felt in our lives and in our hearts. And Father, we want to avoid falling into those holes. We want to avoid falling into those traps. 
We want to avoid falling into the misconceptions. But instead, we want to build upon your word that it is, this is not fitting for us. This is not fitting for us, Jesus. This is not what you called us to do. This is not what you've asked us to do. You've asked us, Lord, to be imitators of our Father. To walk in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, lift your hands right there where you are.